Welcome to the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast, a podcast created to inform patients, families, and caregivers about important health transformation topics. Since the 2001 Crossing the Quality Chasm Report by the Institute of Medicine, our nation's healthcare system has recognized its need to improve quality of care by way of six important aims that make healthcare safe, efficient, effective, patient-centered, timely, and equitable. But we cannot hope to cross this chasm and achieve these aims until we make fundamental changes to the whole healthcare system. All levels of this work require dramatic improvements from the patient's experience. So this podcast is dedicated to you, the voices most underutilized resource in healthcare, our patients' voices. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Natasha Washington, president and founder of ATW Health Solutions and sponsor for the Patient Partner Innovation Community. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. Everybody, we are really happy to have you tuning in to our Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast, and we are super excited to have an extra special guest. We have a physician in the house with us today, Dr. Mary Reeves. Welcome. Thanks, Desiree. It's really fun to be here. <laughs> and so, Mary, you know, we're, this is our podcast is meant to empower the patients and all our listeners and our providers that are listening, and I thought that you would be very, very special to bring on because you started out as a patient and family advisory council skeptic. So you guys listening, you'll hear us say the acronym PFAC, P-F-A-C, and so what that stands for is Patient and Family Advisor Advisory Council, or sometimes they call them committees. So you'll hear us say PFAC, that's what we mean. So Mary, How about you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where your practice was, and then we'll get into your skepticism next. Okay, Desiree. Um, You're absolutely right. Um, I did start out a PFAC skeptic, and I think that's not unusual for physicians, even though um, we, you know, we are there to serve patients and take care of patients. Sometimes we think we know what's best for patients and um, and, and don't consider um, the patient's voice as much as we should. So I'm currently retired. I practice, I'm a family practice doctor by training, um, and I spent my 22 years in practice in a small town in, Col- in the Colorado mountains. And it was a four-doctor practice a really old-style practice, um, <laughs> kind of a Marcus Welby practice. Um, I love when it. I, when I started there in the 90s, um, we have two physician assistants, um, and I was just doing um, regular, full, what we call full-spectrum family practice, it means I delivered babies, I took care of uh, children for their well-child exams, I took care of people with diabetes, and in their older years, I did a lot of women's health care, and in their older years, I'd take care of patients even in the nursing home, Um, took care of patients in the hospital, in the intensive care unit. We don't have a big hospital. It's a little hospital, but still. 
Um, yeah. It was full spectrum in the community. And oh, so I thought I had a good pulse on my patients and what they needed and wanted and on the community. Oh, wow. Well, it sounds like you were very, very busy. So I think the retirement is, is greatly welcome because you definitely put your dues in. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> when they say jack of all trades, you were literally the that's, jack of all trades. And that's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. It was my pleasure and a real honor to be so much a part of so many women's lives so many people's lives. You know, when you live in a small town and you practice that kind of medicine, you get the advantage of seeing children you delivered graduate from high school and um, uh, sell in sports and go on in their lives. It's a real, it's a real honor and a pleasure to be part of all that. Great. So I know we've done this presentation together for those that are listening for AAFT, which is American Academy of Family Physicians. And Mary um, was a skeptic, right? She did not want a patient and family advisory council in her practice. So could you tell us a little about your skepticism and how that changed? (laughs) Yeah, Desiree. So we started um, uh, with a, a program called the Comprehensive Primary Care Initiative. Um, which uh, started, I think, in 2011, um, came to our practice, and we applied for it and were accepted in it. And we, it, it, it helped, it gave us milestones for transforming our real old-style practice into a modern-style practice. And there were lots of things that people may or may not know about population health. You know about them, Desiree. Um, uh, uh, improved access, um, et cetera. And we were interested in doing all of those things. We were either doing them already or interested in starting them. But the improved patient voice, we kind of put that one on the back burner and didn't really uh, pay much heed to it. And, um, And so one of the things that um, that we could do uh, to for that milestone was have patient surveys. Well, so that's what we started first doing, patient surveys. Um, you know, this is really, I mean, it may be great in a big organization or whatever, but I never designed a survey. I don't know how to do that. And, um, and it was, you know, it was a pain in the butt, excuse me, um, <laughs> to collect that information. You know, I mm-hmm. I don't personally like filling out surveys, and um, and and so it's hard for me to ask the patients to do it. And we haven't really got any real useful information from these surveys. Mm-hmm. So we had an opportunity um, with a consultant who was going to put in a patient family advisory council in a nearby town. And through this program, the Comprehensive Primary Care Initiative, we had access to her. And she came from an organization called uh, Partnership for Women and Families, I think. Anyway, she came um, uh, to our practice. And I basically got out of the way. I just 
I said, fine. Um, <laughs> we're, not, we're not getting it. You know, the thing, I wasn't really opposed. I just didn't see the value. You know, I thought yeah. we already, we know what we need to do and we're do, mm-hmm. doing it and we're working, you know, with what we need to do. And I thought it would take a lot of time. Um, and so, um, but that's where I was wrong. That's the first thing that I was wrong about is, um, she, you know, gave us the uh, paperwork for bylaws and showed us how to do it from the time we said, okay, we're going to do this until the first meeting of the PFAC, the advisory council was three months. Now that is really not, not a long time. That and very, very, yeah, quick. very, and quick. yeah, and and then from the time that they had their first meeting until they solved their first problem, and it really turned me 180 degrees from being a skeptic to thinking this is the best thing since sliced bread was another three months, and they solved a problem that we had been dealing with for years. It was nagging at us. Um, You know, doctors are not really known for their ability to, you know, run a business well or whatever. And (laughs) and so our office manager would come and say, you know, the, the front desk says that, you know, that they, you know, they're getting backed up and, and the patients are complaining that they're being put on hold. And so, and we, you know, we'd try to fix it, you know, well, we'll get another phone line. And then we couldn't get any more phone lines. And, well, we'll try scripts, you know, form or whatever. And I was, was just, I, I was really opposed to those automated answering machines because we live in a small town. I, you know, I didn't want them to, patients to have to go through miles of, you know, punch this button if you want this person. And, and if you're having yeah. an emergency, call this number. You know, I mean, people, you know, people know that if they're having an emergency, they need to call 911. Um, they <laughs> yeah, only they be reminded of that every single time they call a doctor's mm-hmm. office. And so, yeah. but what the PFAC did was they instituted a system that's kind of a hybrid system that we still use today. They solved this problem for us. Um, Mm -hmm. We didn't have to pay any consultant. Um, We didn't, you know, they solved it for us. Um, And that is, it is, that's the value that, and so I was like, oh, I see how this works. Everybody kind of working together for the good of the practice. Um, Absolutely. And, oh, wow. You know, I, I love it. Like, and now the culture at our practice is now anytime anything comes up, like the office manager says, you know, we can't do this. We don't know how we're going to do that. The doctors are like, let's run that by the PFAC and see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> see, and that's so, the changing the culture of you guys. That, that's yeah. exactly right. It changes yeah. the entire culture. Um, and you begin to look at your patient's partners, mm-hmm. and they are acting like partners. They are yes. you know, solving problems and, you know, and helping this practice be the best it can be. 
And so that's and what I love about tax is it really puts that infrastructure in place so that so that it happens organically, if you will. You know, there yeah. it's like having a department in your practice that Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, we're a little practice. We don't have departments. Um, yeah. But it's like having a department that's totally devoted to the best functioning of your practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, too, I think another thing to point out is, although you guys are a small practice, a lot of times people think, oh, they have to have this huge organization to support them to have an advisory council. And here you guys are community clinic in a small town and you guys have a very active robust advisory council and so it empowers your community to say you know what I need to become involved in the practice engaged in my health and so I think you know I'm a PSAC every practice in our nation should have one small big everything in between but I think you're right to say that Mm -hmm. yeah you're absolutely right People talk to me um, about, oh, it's, you know, my my practice is too small. I, you know, if you don't, I mean, uh, we have somebody from each department, you know, like the front desk and the back office and the MAs, um, and, we, and we have our nurse care coordinator um, and, and one physician. Those, those are the people from the office that we have on our PFAC. But we wouldn't have to have even that many people. And that, and the people from the office really love uh, going to PFAC meetings. I mean, you know, they we started out meeting once a month, but now they meet every quarter, seems to be often enough. Um, mm-hmm. They got their thoughts on. But what I want that second thing you said is, is really true, and I didn't realize this until about a year or a year and a half after we had our PFAC. But it 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 also transforms the people that are working on the PFAC that are being part of it. You know, we've had people um, that you know just were on the PFAC because we sort of asked them to, and they didn't really have any particular interest in healthcare or anything else. But they, you know, they this one woman did it as a favor because I delivered a baby and, and, you know, she wanted to help out, I guess. And so she, and so, and then she went with me to a talk about PFAC um, to tell about it from the patient perspective and just totally blew away the audience. And she started a breastfeeding support group in our town um, you know, I mean, it really empowers wow. patients as well. Um, Absolutely. I know I've been empowered in my own advocacy work, um, just being engaged in advisory council and then seeing where personal advisory council kind of evolved. And so we started out very, um, I would say, you know, we were looking at the table trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? And then really engaged and became involved in the safety aspect of the organization and everything in between. And so I've seen where my peers, other patients, have inspired other patients to become involved. And and it has just grown and grown and grown and grown. And I like the fact that everybody in your practice is involved. So it's not just the physicians that are there or maybe a nurse champion 
but everyone in you guys' practice is involved with the advisory council. So that goes to team-based. You know, we talk about team-based care. <laughs> so yep. you guys um, hitting that from the team-based structure, which I really, 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 really like. So, you know, for those that are listening, I would say, you know, for those patients that may not have an advisory council in their practice or providers that don't have one um, or still on the fence. So any advice that you could give to them, what would be that one little nugget of advice for them to kind of jump off the ledge and get started? Yeah, well, jumping off the ledge is the advice, but I I just have uh, uh, two things to say. One, do it. My biggest regret is that I, I, I was in the way of doing it sooner. It, it will do nothing but help your practice and help your transformation efforts. But the second, there's lots of help out there for starting PFAC. Um, the AMA has a website um, called Steps Forward that anybody can access. It's free. Um, and it has a module about starting a PFAC, how to do it, and it has our practice's story on on that website. Um, also, the um, oh shoot, that's where you're going to have to help me. PC PCC. Yeah, uh, PC the Patient Centered Collaborative. Yeah, right. They yeah. also have information on their website about starting a PFAC. Both real easy to follow. Um, there's there's nothing difficult about this at all. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. And I would say for those that are listening, you know, I know, you know, we're talking about this like, oh, you know, this is so nonchalant. It really, it really is. And I would say from my perspective, and I and I say this in different talks that I give, food will get them there. For those providers yeah. and those patients that are trying to organize their initial meetings and engage, yeah. offer lunch, offer yeah. pizza, you know, you know, pizza, something very inexpensive, donuts and coffee. If you're trying to do yeah. it during the early uh, day hours and your resources are limited, it doesn't yeah. take a lot of resources to get started. Yeah. Not we, at all. And we not meet all. In, a, in a public building. Um, we do try to have child care available because we like to have uh, young uh, young family people that can come and yeah, mix it up, different hours, ask your PFAC um, uh, people what would work for them. Yeah. One yeah. other thing I just thought of, Desiree, um, mm-hmm. is um, I think that um, I have decided, um, you know, Desiree, you and I have been faculty on this transformation initiative, and I really believe that the PFAC is the single biggest transformative um, thing that we have done at our practice. We've instituted team-based care and and all this other stuff, but I really think the PFAC is the thing that has changed the culture the most. So, oh, well, you know what I've seen. And Mary and I both um, are a part of something that it just came to. And in this month, uh, TCPI, which is Transforming Clinical Practice Initiative. And so we've been working with practices basically all over the country to transform and um, make their practices the best that they can be. And and so I've seen where those practices that either didn't have a PFAC at all or had one that really um, wasn't that engaged in their practice 
once we came in and helped them kind of put some structure to it, offered our advice and our experiences, it just flourished their practices, which has resulted in, you know, uh, positive patient outcomes. They saved some money and, you know, saving oh, money yeah. rings everybody's ears. And so we've seen on a national level where the advisory councils have really, really made an impact. And so I know I'm I'm really proud of the work that we've done with TCPI over these past four years. Desiree, uh, yeah, you, Desiree's story with her PFAC um, is really inspiring, and um, yeah, you can you can uh, help anybody that's needing help starting starting out. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I don't think that it. Yeah, working with patients just accelerates any kind yes. of improvement work or transformation work that you're doing. I think if you're a patient, um. Mm-hmm. And that uh, comes uh, in a practice and would like to see a patient advisor council started in your practice, and there isn't one, you can expect some skepticism from the physician. And that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the physician doesn't like patients. Um, it just means they're busy. And, um, and so knowing whatever you can do to make it easy on the physician, um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe looking up um, one of those websites and mm-hmm. offering to take the lead in organizing or whatever. Um, those things, I think, could be helpful. But you, you'll change, you know, this, mm-hmm. once that PFAC gets going, that'll, it'll change any uh, skeptic like me into a <laughs> real believer. Well, Mary, I am so happy that you took the time to share your skepticism story with us on Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. And for those that are listening, again, I'll reiterate what Mary Reed said. If you guys are interested in, in forming a patient family advisory council, don't quite know how to do it, how to get started, or just want to do it and need some advice, you know, you guys can reach out to me. I have my um, email address is Desiree, D-E-S-I-R-E-E, dot Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y, at atwhealth.com, or you can find me on pPIConline.com. And so, Dr. Mary thank you so much. We so appreciate your PSC. So fun. Being a champion. (laughs) Yep. So fun. Thanks, Desiree. You're welcome. And for all you listeners, thanks for tuning in. And as always, be engaged, guys. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com.